Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. It is the walk-off, Holden Kushner alongside the ace of Spader, Ryan Spader. We are brought to you by betonline.ag here on the uh, Blue Wire podcast. And we've got a fun show set up for you today. Basically, Spader has pissed off everybody that I know in this business. Uh, and Keith Law. I don't know Keith Law. So I'm looking forward to finding out why you pissed everybody off. Why is that, Spader? It's just what I tend to do, I guess. It's, it's the reason that I was put on this earth, as my father often reminds me. Which is what, to piss people off? I guess so. Okay. Well, um, let's start with this, though, before we get into you pissing everybody off. Ron Darling, a long time, started with the New York Mets, went to the Oakland A's, uh, was terrific in the 1986 World Series, by the way. He is with SNY, and they broadcast the Mets games when there's actually baseball games. And he said... And I quote that Jacob deGrom is this generation's Pedro Martinez. So let's get right into it with Spader's stat, stat, stat. <laughs> is deGrom this generation's Pedro Martinez, Mr. Spader? I mean, if he's looking to say that he's somehow uh, compared to how Pedro was in his era, uh, the elite of the elite, sure. But when you look at the two players, there's no comparison to be made. Pedro Martinez is, in my opinion, hands down the best pitcher of all time. Now, we look at uh, DeGrom's season last year. Uh, it wasn't quite as good as his first Cy Young season, but he was still elite. Uh, so over his last two seasons, his ERA+, plus, which is adjusted ERA, is 89% better than league average. Pedro Martinez had a seven-year span where he was 113% better than league average. Martinez's 99 and 2000 seasons are unmatched throughout history because, of course, it's, you know, peak steroid era, and those adjusted ERA numbers will account for them. Uh, Those seasons, now, uh, DeGrom's uh, best season, he had a 218, fantastic ERA plus. Uh, Those two seasons, Martinez had a 243, I mean, 143% better than average, and then a 291, nearly 200% better than average. Um, because, again, it's accounting for the steroid era. And in 2000, Martinez could have doubled his ERA, and he still would have led the league. He could have been charged with the run every single time that he walked a batter, and he still would have led the league in earned run average. So there's, there's no comparison to be made uh, between DeGrom and Pedro Martinez. Uh, it's, it's, it's just uncanny what Martinez did, and nobody will ever do what he did. Well, and the other thing is, I, I do want to say that DeGrom is still very early in his career, you know, as far as pitchers goes. He's been in the league for six years. He does have a rookie of the year. He has uh, a top 10 four times in Cy Young Award voting. 
He's got back-to-back -back Cy Young Award victories. So DeGrom is right there. You know who he, and I hope that he has a much longer, successful, healthier career than the guy I'm going to bring up. Kind of reminds me, these last two years remind me of Tim Lincecum. Because mm. people forget how dominating this guy was in 08 and 09. I don't know if you just cringed or something or what you did in the back. But 08, 09, Lincecum ends up winning the Cy Young Award. His, uh, his ERA plus, 168 and 171 in those two years. And then you got 218 ERA plus for DeGrom in 2018. But basically, right where Lincecum was last year, where DeGrom is at 167. Then you look at the, the strikeouts, 269, 255 for DeGrom. And then going back to Lincecum, 265, 261. So a lot of similarities between the two and their Cy Young Award winning years. Just two years. So tell me about that, Spader. Thoughts on those two players for those two seasons. So the biggest difference there is Lincecum's Cy Young seasons came at 24 and 25. DeGrom hadn't even pitched in the big leagues at 25. DeGrom was 31 years old last year, and uh, that was Lincecum's last year with the uh, Giants. He went on to pitch one more season for the Angels, during which he had a 9-16 ERA. So there's, a, there's that glaring difference there. And the other thing, getting back to DeGrom and Pedro Martinez, is – uh, Pedro's era of dominance was over after he was 31 years old. Now, of course, he was pitching since he was um, 20, uh, but it, he, he by the time he was 32, it, it was sort of downhill for him. He still was great uh, for his last year with the Red Sox and then um, another, uh, another season for the Mets. But then after that, he never started um, uh, anywhere close to a full season worth of games again. And then, of course, uh, finished out with the Phillies in – um, he had the, uh, uh, what do you call it, lackluster start in the, uh, the World Series for the Phillies, uh, two of them actually, and he had a 6.3 ERA. So kind of not the best way for Martinez to end his career, but he still has that period of dominance in there that uh, nobody in history has ever even touched. I'm, yeah, I'm talking I, Koufax. I, I look statistically and award-wise, I think those two years between Lincecum and DeGrom, very similar statistically, but – you look at DeGrom and you say 31 and every time I see, I talk about this kid, I say, you can't be 31. He's be 32 in June. So yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully he can pitch another seven, eight years and be dominant. And, and again, there's going to be a big debate between him and Max Scherzer, who the best pitcher is. And I know we talked about it as nauseam two years ago when DeGrom was in the middle of a ridiculous season, but I'm still going Scherzer, even though DeGrom won the last two Cy Young awards. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Scherzer as well. Um, Scherzer, you got to give a, a nod to the, the length of dominance. And Scherzer has been, um, he's, he's been one of the best. I mean, maybe not the single best every single season. He's only got three Cy Young Awards over his last seven seasons. But he's always been among the best and consistently among the best um, since before uh, DeGrom was even on anybody's radar. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, Scherzer is my guy there. All right, let's do some more stats here. You went off on Twitter for Placido Polanco. It's a name I really never thought I would hear again, to tell you the truth. Uh, Placido Polanco and Omar Vizquel. Why are you giving me stats on these two guys? So it goes back to the uh, – uh, Omar Vizquel is getting an incredible amount of support from BBWAA in terms of his – Hall of Fame uh, worthiness. And the reason that is is because he's one of the best defensive shortstops of all time. Um, and my contention has always been that there is 
not that much of a value added between a great defensive shortstop. I'd like to use Jimmy Rollins as an example because I grew up watching him, and an all-time great defensive shortstop in a guy like Omar Vizquel. Um, and then when you look at what they do, how they contribute offensively, then you can kind of gauge the total overall value in terms of uh, a player's Hall of Fame worthness. Now, I would say that a guy like Jimmy Rollins is probably more worthy of the Hall of Fame than Omar Vizquel, but he will never get any kind of recognition towards the Hall of Fame, even though he has far superior numbers um, when combining defense with offense. I landed on uh, Placido Polanco because he's a very fascinating career in that um, a, a stat that we really don't care too much about anymore, uh, fielding percentage, right? Uh, Omar Vizquel is the all-time leader in fielding percentage for a shortstop, but Placido Polanco is the all-time leader at both second base and third base. He's got enough games played at both. Now, um, when comparing their two, uh, the two players' careers just defensively, Omar's got over 1,000 more games played, nearly 10,000 more in the field. Polanco has a better fielding percentage and more defensive runs saved. And then when you look at something called uh, total zone runs, uh, which combines basically all of the defensive metrics to, and then outputs it in uh, run total, Vizquel ranks 31st all-time, Polanco ranks 32nd at 129 and 128 respectively. And again, Vizquel's got over 1,000 more games. Now, all these numbers uh, lend to the fact that Polanco may have been better overall defensively than Vizquel, but he doesn't get paid that shortstop premium that Vizquel gets um, for playing that position for so long. And then, you know, something has to be said about the fact that Vizquel did, he did play shortstop and he did it very well for like over 20 years. But then something should also be said about the fact that Polanco um, played two of the most difficult possessions, uh, positions on the diamond and did so interchangeably throughout his career, won gold gloves at both, uh, had an entire season in which he did not commit an error. So defensively, I, I'd probably still lean Vizquel, uh, but it's very close. Now when you look at the offense, Vizquel is an abomination as far as I'm concerned offensively. He was not good by any means. He had two seasons in which he was... Uh, better than average in terms of OPS. And he was just slightly 4% uh, better in one and then 11% in another. Polanco had a borderline MVP season because of his offense. And had defense been given more consideration at that time, probably would have been named the MVP for the Tigers in 2007 when he batted 341, played fantastic defense, had 200 hits, something that Vizquel never did. Um, Polanco's prime... He was very, very good offensively. Now, he wasn't much of a slugger, just as Vizquel was, but he was uh, much better in terms of his um, uh, extra base hit output than Vizquel. But he, from 03 to 2008, he batted uh, 311, 359, 431. So that's a very good defense, or offensive slash line from somebody who is, by and large, a defensive uh, player now something else that Polanco had that I heard from a number of different ball players, guys who faced him, guys who played with him, is he never struck out. During that um, span from 05 to 08, he had just 202 strikeouts to nearly a thousand hits. Pitchers hated facing this guy because they had to figure out a way to get him out uh, by means other than strikeout. He was like um, 
Now, I'm not going to say he was Tony Gwynn, but he was he was like a poor man's Tony Gwynn up there. He, he was always putting the ball in play and was relied on regardless of what, um, what uh, offensive lineup he was in, whether that was with St. Louis, Philadelphia, Detroit, or back with Philly. And uh, so, in my opinion, Placido Polanco was the better player than Omar Vizquel. Another stat that lends that is they had roughly the same career war. Again, Vizquel had over 1,000 more games played. All right, so uh, Omar Vizquel, not a Hall of Famer. Placido Polanco is a Hall of Famer. No, neither are Hall of Famers, in my opinion. But Very Polanco good. Now, now, do not ever compare anybody to Tony Gwynn. He is a saint. Um, I love the man as he is uh, passed to this point. He was my favorite player. He was, remember I told you a few guys have told me they're fans of my show. He was the first one to tell it to me. Then it was Nolan Ryan, a couple other guys. I absolutely love Tony Gwynn. This is not about Tony Gwynn, though. This is about Bobby Abreu. Of course, a Philadelphia Philly, which is why you're trying to make him go into the Hall of Fame. But there's actual similarities between Tony Gwynn and Bobby Abreu. Yeah, first I would like to say, sir, you are fake news. Uh huh. <laughs> You're not the but, first one to tell me that. <laughs> um, so, I, I can't take anything away from Gwyn. He was a player after his time. Guy never struck out. I said Polanco never struck out. Well, Gwyn struck out half as often as Polanco did, at a time when people were striking out 150 times a season. He had s- seasons where he didn't even strike out 20 times for the majority of his career. Now. Baseball, modern baseball, has taught us that it's a little bit more than just putting the, the bat on the ball, although there should be something that's, that's said for that. When you look at the career numbers of Tony Gwynn and Bobby Abreu, now, yes, of course, Gwynn has the edge in average uh, by far. He's got it by um, uh, 47 points. But Abreu's got the edge in on-base percentage, which we've learned is generally more important, by seven points. And then he, he also has a 16-point advantage in uh, slugging percentage. Abreu, believe it or not, Reached base safely more times than Tony Gwynn. He had more runs scored than Tony Gwynn, more doubles than Tony Gwynn, a little bit less on the triples, more homers, more RBI, more stolen bases. Uh, They're roughly the same in terms of their defensive output. Tony Gwynn a little bit better in terms of the uh, advanced metrics, uh, wins above replacement, OPS+. plus. Uh, uh, Although um, Abreu takes the the edge in uh, WOBA, and then weighted runs created plus, they're, they're roughly the same. So if you take the players' names out of this, uh, take the fact that one of them just didn't really strike out out of it, and look at the careers um, objectively, it, you're looking at pretty much the same player. So Bobby Abreu is a Hall of Famer? I believe so, yeah. All right, very good. Uh, that, my friends, is Spader's stats. I'll cue the rest of the production here. Hey, we know we don't have any sports. No baseball, hockey, NBA, anything. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but you're wrong. BetOnline.ag is our exclusive partner. They get hundreds of sports, events, games to wager on. You can go to their online casino and play some blackjack. $750,000 poker series, too. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol. You can bet on stock prices, even the weather. Visit the website. Join today. We receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Code BLUEWIRE, bet online, your online wagering experts. So we move on to some feuds here, okay? Uh, you hit me up 
earlier last week and you showed me a picture of a book and you said, why the hell did I get this book? And it's a book from Keith Law. And I guess since we're talking about it, I mean, you don't want anybody to buy his book because you don't like him. I've never had a problem with Keith Law. Before you get into your feud with Keith Law, which may not even be a feud, who is Keith Law? People that listen to this probably know who he is, but just catch him up on Keith Law. Uh, Keith Law is a guy, he's, a, I guess, a baseball analyst. He typically handles the draft. He used to work for the Blue Jays like 20 years ago. Um, he's very good at what he does. Uh, I'm not going to try to take any of that away from him. He's a, and if people enjoy his stuff, go order his book. I'm sure it's fantastic. Um, but him and I have had uh, a spat a handful of times. Uh, we don't get along well. And um, he has not been kind to me. I, I, I generally um, get along with most people. You're making me out to be the bad guy. <laughs> but I generally get along oh, with time out, people. Time out. This is what you sent me. These are the topics you sent me. Keith Law, you pissing off Steve Lyons, and then Preston Wilson and Adam Dunn getting into it. So basically <laughs> all you want to talk about is confrontation. What is your deal with Keith Law? Hey, I'm, I'm stuck here in quarantine, right? So it's uh, We all are. <laughs> um, so Keith Law and I get, got into it a couple of times, and Keith's very uh, overt about his um, extremist political views, I'll, I'll say, and I, I kind of try to stay somewhat in the center. And I, I made the mistake in the past of speaking up on some of the opinions that I have, because if anybody disagrees with you, you're screwed uh, in baseball media or whatever so it's just better to shut up but um keith posted something about like freedom expiring or something i can't recall and it's it, it was kind of like a shot he took sort of like a side shot i think at um uh somebody get somebody getting elected to a specific district and he was like oh i i, I guess um these forever stamps are sp- exp- about to expire because of there's no freedom in this country or something because of, I guess, a policy that they had. And I kind of was just like, oh, thanks, Keith. I guess I'm relieved of my contract and I can get out of the military now. And um, he just kind of responded to me like a straw man, which is one of I found is one of his favorite things to say in response when he doesn't really seem to have anything other to say. Straw man. And then um, said, thank you for your service. Well, that was (laughs) nice of him. Yes, very kind. Uh, I, I can't recall what um, uh, caused him to block me because I'm now blocked from Keith. Mm. Um, but uh, he now often refers to me on, um, I, I suppose I shouldn't say often, but often enough that it's come to my attention, refers to me as a racist stats man, uh, which is my alter really? ego. Opi- yes, uh, uh, openly, openly on this public That's not a very nice thing form. to say. Yeah, uh, which uh, I, I've come to learn is my uh, alter ego because... I don't even know why, to be honest. Uh, I just, uh, probably because of the passing article from years ago that I commented on about how people shouldn't get paid more or less based on their gender or their skin color, but I digress. Uh, I, I thought I was the one who was not being racist. I digress. The, um, so anyway, Law uh, wrote this book. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure it's great because he does do really good work, um, but... Harper Collins Publishing. They always send me their baseball books, and they ask me to hey, uh, give it a, a once over, and if I like it, to um, give their author uh, a shout out on Twitter, and uh, maybe send some some readers their way. And the other day, I got one. 
and it was Keith Law's book. And I just kind of found it funny because I'm probably the last person on earth that Keith Law would want the book going to. And uh, part of me wanted to, part of me wanted to um, go ahead and just send out a tweet and be like, hey, Keith, thank you for the book. I really appreciate it. But I figured uh, I would take the uh, no, easy way out. No, you need to mm-hmm. autograph it and send it to him. That and would then be put awful. And then put your two books in with it. By the way, I just found this feud you guys are having. Like, um, Jason Stark gave you, he's like, this is an incredible stat. And then uh, he called you a weak, he said, you have weak analysis and you're the racist stat guy. That doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's not really, uh, he, he's the one, he likes saying straw man, right? I, I'm the racist stats guy because I uh, disagree with the implementation of a program that was going to pay uh, people of a certain gender or skin color, 120% of the salary that they would otherwise all earn. Right, right. Listen, here's the deal. You and Keith Law don't like each other. He thinks you're racist stats guy and all your stats suck. I, on the other hand, think that your stats are wonderful. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I love your stats. We're doing a show together because your stats. I mean, I was on TuneIn. I, I don't Who was I doing? I think I was doing the show with Blummer, Jeff Blum and... Like, Aaron Sibia, right? It was JP was it Aaron Sibia. Yeah, it may have been Aaron Sibia. Who knows? One of these guys, and uh, you have great stats, so that's good. Um, do you, you also wanted to talk about pissing off one of my guys uh, in the business, Steve Lyons, who, you know, he's had a very interesting career on and off the field. Uh, he played in the majors for a long time, played a little bit with the Red Sox. He's the guy that uh, if you've ever seen the highlights sliding into the base, didn't he slide into first base and he had to, he pulled his pants all the way down to his shins? Uh, yeah, yeah, because he got dirt in them. Yeah, because it, it, it was hilarious. I, I was living in Chicago at the time, and basically that was just put on loop. That was the biggest story you know, of the day when that happened. So Psycho, Steve Psycho Lyons, he played in the league for nine years. Then he did um, he, Fox. I mean, he did playoff games for Fox. He and Thom Brenneman. So he got to the point to where he was one of the biggest um, baseball analysts that there is. Now he does games on Nesson. But, you know, I have you on just to, just to you know, fill some time, have some Thanks. great stats. <laughs> Poor Steve Lyons is in the studio with me. And then what the hell happens? So if I recall, he was filling in, right? He, was, he wasn't even a host with you. He was just a he was not. He was a fill-in at the time, yes. Yeah, so... Um, we were talking baseball, uh, bouncing it back and forth between the three of us, and sort of towards the end, you put me on the spot. And more so than anything, it was that. And you were like, hey, man, do you got any uh, Steve Lyon stats for me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, uh, I got to be honest. He doesn't want me reading his stats on the air. You said that to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you were there. <laughs> I don't rem- I, Listen, I remember you and him getting into something. And I remember him not liking you. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So well, what happened? So after that, I could tell that like, he didn't care for my remark. And I kind of felt bad. So I, I texted you after. And I was like, hey, man, um, Steve knew I was just joking. Like, he, I, I didn't mean to upset the guy. And he, he, you were like, yeah, you know, just he doesn't really like you for that. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So. Yeah, that was it. He's like, who is that kid? Fuck him. <laughs> Dude, he had a 301 on base percentage for his career. Sorry. You know what's interesting that I've just started to notice now? When we did this show two years ago, you had a filthy mouth, and I didn't say anything bad. And now I'm the one with the filthy mouth. What is going on with your mouth? Why is it so clean? Not that it bothers me. It's just an observation. 
I don't know. It's, it, I think it's because I'm not physically in your presence, so I'm not full of rage. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it might be. You know, I'm sure I've pissed off a ton of people in the business. Um, the one I actually feel bad about is a guy by the name of Dave Henderson. Do you remember Dave Henderson? Yeah. Hendu. Athletics. Uh, he was. He was with the 86 Red Sox. He was with the uh, he was with the AIDS. He was with the Mariners, and he was doing um, he was doing some radio out in Seattle, and I was doing radio out in Seattle. And listen, I thought it was funny to go up to him. I'm like, "Yeah, head dude, you think you were so cool, man? You caught the second out, and the uh, uh, you're one out away, and you caught the out, and you rolled your glove around a little bit, you know, ha ha ha. You guys lost, and the Mets beat you. And he looked at me, he goes, "Fuck you." <laughs> Oh, that's great. I was like, oh, Dave, man, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I'm, and, and he, he passed. Um, and I ultimately got a chance to, uh, you know, to, to get to know him a little bit more and know the type of wonderful, nice person he was. But I just remember him going, fuck you. And I looked that's at great. him and I just put, I legit put my head down and walked away. I, I'm kind of surprised. I'm surprised he didn't um, kind of just get over that. The '86 World Series because he wasn't part of that team all season, and he I had don't a. I gr- think that's what pissed him off. I think some kid that looked like he was 12, that yeah. he had never seen before, who he had just met, came up and said that to him. That's what uh, I think pissed him off. And that's that's fair. And but, I deserved uh, it. He he got his in in '89, won it with the Athletics, and yep. he had a fantastic series for uh, 1423 OPS. Mm. He was actually really good with Boston too when he was in the World Series in '86. He bat was, at 400. He was a absolutely wonderful person, and uh, I'm glad I got a chance to know him. I kind of feel bad about that. All right, we got one more feud to get into, right? Preston Wilson versus Adam Dunn. Uh, does anybody know? So if you just started picking up baseball, you probably don't know who either one of these guys are. But I have a feeling that people that have been around the game maybe for what? the last, If you've been following baseball seven to ten years, you know both these guys are. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, Go for and Pre- it. Preston's pretty big on Twitter. He, he he's a a big time. I don't know. Tweets all of his stuff. But he's Mookie's uh, his opinions and godson, right? Well, he's he. So he calls Mookie uh, dad. Right. Mookie bets. Uh, Mookie bets. Uh, Mookie Wilson raised him, and uh, it, I mean, I guess it's his paternal uncle technically, but mm-hmm. he, he grew up calling him dad. It's his father. Whatever. Um, and before I get into this, I, I want to say Preston Wilson is a great dude. He's uh, he, he I, we talked about it with Hanniger. Preston Wilson also helped out with the um, Semper Fi fund fundraiser that I do. Him and Mookie both signed a baseball. Uh, Mookie's, of course, nineteen eighty six. What when did you win the World Series? Eighty six. Yeah, eighty six uh, World Series champion, and Preston Wilson two thousand six World Series champion. Uh, and it's a dual signed ball, and I'm going to put that up for auction when we do the next uh, fundraiser. Having said that, I tweeted one day, Adam Dunn had a 237 career batting average <laughs> and a lifetime on-base percentage that is nine points higher than what Ichiro had. Preston Wilson commented. <laughs> oh, no. He's a guy that I'd argue OBP meant very little. You had to hit a triple for him to score from second. Oh my god! <laughs> if you, you hit this? the, yeah, if you hit a ball in the hole, 
with him on first, they will always uh, get him at second. Always thought he took too many strikes. Some random dude commented, Dunn made Steve Balboni look like Deion Sanders. Preston Wilson retorts. <laughs> Even when he walked, there was no stress out there on defense, so his OVP was eyewash. It looks good, but it didn't add to his productivity slower. You are the less your OVP turns into runs produced or create it. It literally took him three hits to score from first base. <laughs> I just found this on Twitter, by the oh, way. This is wonderful. Yeah. This was what? From like oh, two weeks ago. This no, it just happened. It, it's 2020. It's a, a year oh, ago. Oh, yeah. A year and two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, then I guess somebody sent this to Adam Dunn because he's never on Twitter. And I guess one of his boys caught winds that he felt Preston Wilson was maybe talking a little smack. And uh, Adam Dunn just comes out of the top, off the top rope. <laughs> At Preston Wilson. <laughs> you were fast, right? How many times did you score 100 runs? Oh, just God. curious. <laughs> Preston Wilson said nothing. Dunn goes, I'll wait. <laughs> and Wilson never said anything. No, he responded. <laughs> he did? What did he say? My job was to drive in runs. I hit cleanup most of my career. I done. I don't know if I ever scored a hundred. Again, the numbers don't measure impact. I never said you weren't good. I also stand by everything I said. If I lied anywhere, please show me where um, that is before moving the goalposts. And then Dunn just—I think this ended it. Was uh, Dunn said, "Ha, all right, bud. Maybe rephrase the way you explain your truths. I can score on a hashtag. I can score on a double." <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. And then Wilson kind of, uh, I guess he uh, backtracked, apologized a little bit. Uh, he said, obviously, the idea I was trying to convey got distorted. I wasn't bashing Dunn. I apologize if that's how it sounded. He was a very good player. Stats don't tell the whole story. Example, Griffey made his uh, five years. Uh, I don't know. Griffey made, had five years where he made six-plus errors, but he was still the best. So you were a shit starter again. I right? All I just was tweet a fact. Come on, man. Well, I know you did, but did you see the one Lenny Dykstra threw in there? Oh, no. You, wait, hold Here, on. Let me read go it. Ahead, go let ahead, me go read ahead. it. He goes, so uh, Adam Dunn says, I'll wait. So we'll pick it up from there. And, <laughs> and Dykstra goes to, to Dunn and Preston Wilson. Well, how many times did either you stare at Jane Fonda sitting there in the front row with Ted Turner and went taking a long stroll of the box, mouth to her exactly what you thought you'd do with her after the game? <laughs> God, he is so twisted. Why does he not come on with us? God, this pisses know. me off. Just so much. And, like, his two biggest hits in his career, they've been on TV. Like, everybody loves the 86 Mets. That was alive back then. Um, and, you know, his home runs have been coming up. And it's like, Lenny, come on, dude. Come on and talk on the show. He and the just dude doesn't won't like do baseball. It. He doesn't. He doesn't. I think he's kind of. He watches it all the time. All he does yeah, is he, talk about it. He, he doesn't talk about it, though. He's so uh, he's like a scorned lover when it comes to the game because he had a great career and nobody talks about it really and it, just probably because the end of it it didn't go well. But I, I'll, I'll drop a Lenny Dykstra stat on you that you probably wouldn't believe. Okay. Uh, Dykstra ranks third all time in postseason OPS uh, among players with at least a hundred plate appearances. You got number one Lou Gehrig at one point two one four, number two Babe Ruth at 1.214, slightly less on the decimal uh, front. 
And then Lenny Dykstra, 1.094. Uh, can we One of the all-time greatest just postseason get him on. players. Get him on, man. I ask, I've, I've asked him like three, four times. The funny thing is, anytime I ask him something, he responds. And then whenever I bring up the show, nothing. But then I could say something else, and he'll respond. And then I'll be like, hey, by the way, you know, you should join our show. And he just doesn't touch it. I don't know, I don't know what the deal is there. It's just bizarre, man. A, a game three, 86 NLCS, hits a walk-off, goes crazy. Um, game three, World Series, Mets down two games to none to the Red Sox. Oil can boy, boom, hits a home run to start the game there, changed the series around. This guy had some huge moments. I mean, is he, is he batshit? Uh, is an argument to be said that he is? Especially if you follow him on Twitter, the guy. He's amazing, though, man. I'm a Lenny fan as a player. I just want him to come on the show. So something about Dykstra, I don't know if you've read his book. Nails? Um, yeah. Yeah. You have read it? Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, he's very colorful. Uh, the thing I found fascinating about this is he had, a, um, he had hired somebody to write it with him. And, like, midway through, he was like, nah, to hell with you. Fired the guy and just did it himself, which... I got some respect for that. <laughs> that takes uh, some nails. I and, mean, if, um, he could, if he could do it, why can't I write a book, right? Well, if I can write a book, why can't you? I Dykstra, don't know. It just takes so much time, it seems like. Well, that's all you got on your hands now. I mean, I know you got kids, but... I got two little kids, and, you know, it's, it's a disaster. They, they probably sleep 10 hours a day. They don't. That's the problem. Oh, boy. They sleep, like, 10 hours at night, and then they're up straight throughout the day. But anyways, yeah. you were saying, like, how... You Dykstra, screw it. Before we get to Dykstra, how much time a day you got to spend on writing a book? Um, when I wrote the, f oof, a lot. <laughs> so when I the, the toughest part for either of the books was during the first one, uh, when we were in the editing phase. I was in intelligence school for the Marine Corps, and um, I had deadlines to meet. The publisher didn't give a shit that I was in the military and the military didn't give a shit that I was trying to finish a book so what I had to do uh, every Monday night Wednesday night and Friday night was I stayed up all night and just mainlined Red Bull and uh, pulled on all-nighter didn't sleep at all and went into class the next day yeah I can't uh, do that it was awful I hate Red Bull I hate stimulants that's the problem I mean I'll just go off my meds and that'll make me crazy did you have anything else to say about Lenny before we move on uh, just, um, he, he gets a, a bad, I think he gets a bad rep because of his mouth and he, he doesn't hold back at all, but the guy is a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Um, he's very well read, which I'm always impressed by, uh, one of the greatest all time. I'll have to pull it up, uh, next, next week is he one cut one time corrected one of my tweets because of my grammar. I used who instead of whom. <laughs> And he was like, hey, asshole. <laughs> and he corrected me. That is terrific. But um, I hate when people, you know, make um, news and stories and, and shit out of people's tweets. Mm -hmm. But it would really be entertaining if we just spent a segment one time on some of his best tweets. Because it, it, he is hilarious. Hey, we're going to have a long time because we're probably not going to have baseball this year. And uh, we'll have tons of time to do whatever you want to do. We can read tweets from anybody you want to. It'll, we're just going to have to do it. If, I think it'll start slowing down. Like, 
this month will be fine. April will be fine. May will be fine. My sense is that sometime in June, you and I are just going to be like reading people's tweets. Yes, that's what's going to happen. I'm not playing that game. Uh, if if you do indeed win this bet, I just mm-hmm. hope you know I'm mailing you rolls of nickels. That's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, it's the weight the princi- principle of the matter. That's just stupid. Why would you do that? What a jerk. <laughs> See, now you're trying to start a fight with me. I'm not, I'm not falling for it. You're going to send me a $100 bill. That's what I want. Crisp and clean. Let's get to um, if we do end up playing. So Ken Rosenthal, the athletic made their stuff free uh, for one month. I used to have the athletic. Um, then there was nothing going on between football and baseball season. And now there's nothing going on. So I canceled my subscription between football and baseball season. I was going to get it back. They're giving it away for free. Here's what Ken Rosenthal had to say about possibly playing. He says this season at least initially could be played in Florida or more likely Arizona where spring training parks are more concentrated logistics of quarantining 30 teams in one area, be extremely complex, potentially controversial requiring local state, federal government cooperations and resources that might be necessary to fight the coronavirus pandemic. You know, we keep throwing all these scenarios out there, Ryan, and this is fine. I mean, I don't care at this point. I don't care how guys play baseball. Okay. I I just want it. Put everybody in Florida, the cesspool of America. Put everybody in Arizona. I don't care how this game is played. Just play it. I I don't even care about the rules anymore, Spader. I'll take two five-inning games a day. Just get me some games. This is going to be such an opportunity. I think Trevor Bauer said it right, too. It's such an opportunity for baseball. There'd be no other sports on, and we could actually have baseball. That's the only thing people would be watching and betting on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't care. Just figure out a way to do it. I don't think this is going to work, just throwing a bunch of players in, in Arizona and hoping that it works out. But at this point, I just want anything. Well, well why wouldn't it work out? Because we do this already in spring training. I'm, I'm absolutely for going about this route if it's going to get us baseball games because exactly what everybody's been saying, and I think we touched on it last week, is Major League Baseball has a golden opportunity to capitalize on a fan base that isn't there. People who will watch baseball because there is nothing else to do. And these are people who will become baseball fans potentially and carry that on into their everyday life when normalcy returns. Um, I, I, I think that if they don't figure out a way to capitalize on that because they haven't thus far, nobody gives a shit about baseball players playing video games and twitching it or whatever the heck it is, um, then it's, an, it's a complete and utter failure. Now, of course, there's government and federal regulations that they're going to have to abide by. But if there is an opportunity to play baseball, be it not in front of any fans, then Major League Baseball should absolutely capitalize. You think the players are going to buy playing um, without a roof at 110 degrees every single day, 105 degrees every single day? I mean, we already got teams who do it, right? In Arizona. It, they, yeah, but they got a roof. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, they got a roof, and here, here's what you do. You go, oh, guys, hey, suck it up. You know, you haven't been playing all year. If you want to play baseball, this would be the real test for players, too. Like, how much do you really want to play baseball? Do you want to play baseball every day in front of no fans, and it's going to be 105 degrees every single day? Or would you rather just sit at home on your butt? And I bet you that there is a, there's a nice chunk of baseball players that would say, there's no way I'm doing this. There's no way I'm playing outdoors in the Phoenix heat in the middle of July and August. I'm not doing it. You know what I think Major League Baseball needs to do? What? 
Hire George Costanza. <laughs> He'll put everybody in cotton uniforms. Uh-huh. Imagine playing games and your team is five degrees cooler than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. The average high in July is 106 degrees. And I don't care that it's a dry heat, dude. I lived in Vegas. Like, once it gets to 108, I couldn't handle it. It, just, it was just too much. It's 105, 106 degrees. There, there's no way the players are going to go for this. They're not going to do it. And then, listen, Florida, fine. In Miami, they used to play outdoor games, but then you got rain all the time. So how are you going to get games in in Florida? It's just there's so many moving parts. I don't see it happening, Spader. I want it to. I'm so bored. I think we're all bored. I think we're all ready for baseball. But I'm not seeing it happen, buddy. I'm not seeing it. Ha- I'm not seeing that scenario playing out well. I'm not seeing any scenario playing out well. And it's not me being Schlepprock from the Peanuts, where the cloud follows them <laughs> around all the time. This is me. This is me just being logical. There's no way players are going to do that. You should ask your buddies if they would do it. You got a lot of guys that used to play. You got a guys, some guys that play. Hey, would you be open to playing for three months in Arizona, where every day it would be at least 105 degrees, unless they want to play it at night? When the sun goes down, it's still 90, but, you know, at least you'll be playing at night. And then you'd be playing from what, like 8 o'clock at night till 2 in the morning? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I think from a selfish standpoint, I, I just want some baseball. Me too. Uh, I understand where you're coming from and that perhaps it's not in the players' best interests or not something they would want to do. But it from the outside looking in seems like a viable solution for now (laughs) listen maybe they could play a game at 7 a.m and they could get through that and then they could play a game at 9 p.m so you kind of have two because at night it's not going to be that bad it gets it's it's desert so you know it'll get you in the 70s at night so i guess there's a way around it where you wouldn't play in peak hours but you know then they're going to say who's going to watch the game if you're on the east coast and there's games starting at nine o'clock well guess what it's midnight over there I don't it. care. I'll watch it. I'm out. I'm out in mountain time. I just there's just so many obstacles to get through. We're not going to do it. It's going to this just sucks. Seriously. And so many people are going to lose their jobs. I mean, right now I'm furloughed. I just started a job. I got uh, I, I can't <laughs> even do my baseball shows. What? I said I just what? started a job. <laughs> yeah, you just started a job. I'm fur. I mean, I'm not doing anything, man. I'm doing a fantasy football show once a week. I ain't going to pay the bills. So, I, you know, a lot of us are depending on this season to start. I just, I don't see it. I have, I have prepared financially for us to go through a whole year without sports, Dear including God. football. That is, oof. So did you see what, you bring up the football thing. Um, the, I don't even recall his name, but the California governor said, I don't see the NFL playing on time Was in that my Newsom, state. I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't really pay much attention to... None of these guys know, the by the way. None of these guys... Communist Republic of yeah. California. Uh, none of these guys... See, this is why Keith Law goes after you. Communist <laughs> Republic. Come on. This, this, is why they, this is why everybody gets upset at you. Anyways, I'm not upset at you. I'm not mad. I know you. Um, it's just a joke. <laughs> but he doesn't know. He doesn't know. The president... I don't know. I don't know. But I try to use logic and reason. And I feel like... Using logic and reason, if this thing is hanging out there, then all it takes is one player to get it. He's quarantined. His whole team is quarantined. If he played another team, that guy's going to get it, and it's done. We need a cure. We need a, we need a magic pill. That's what we need. Well, 
donate fish tank stuff. I have Whatever. fish tank. Yeah, just see the I'm couple. I'm not drinking who... that. Have you ever smelled that stuff? No. Oh my god, it's it's blue. It smells like crap. Trust me, I was thinking about just chugging it, just see what it was like. Then yeah. I turn on the news. Some guy had died. Yeah. Did you see the articles go? It was <laughs> the president said to eat fish tank stuff, and this couple <laughs> ate it, and now they're dead. He's a murderer. <laughs> I mean, you got to be really dumb to do that. To try that is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was spelled the same. (laughs) (laughs) All right, two more things I want to get to real quick. Uh, Judge dismissed a lawsuit against the Astros and Red Sox from daily fantasy sports players. If you don't know, I'm big into daily fantasy sports. That's what I do for baseball. I analyze daily fantasy sports. And um, I thought it was a brilliant move by the DFS players because they were playing on an unbalanced field. You knew that the judge was going to turn this down. But if you're a better or a DFS player, you got to take a shot, right? You probably find some, some Jamoke lawyer pro bono that's going to go up there, represent you, and at least take a shot. You know, hey, I sued the Astros and the Red Sox. It didn't work, but I sued them. That's the way to do it. Congratulations, guys. I'm proud of you for going out and trying to make a buck that way. I'm not. Why? You totally Stupid. got cheated out of it. I'm, I'm no. thinking about one thing. Then I got two teams doing another thing. Stupid. It's dumb. Why? Because other teams are doing the same crap. It's it's not. It's it's just not. This is so why I get dismissed. And there's no way to predict the impact. There's there's no way to say that they would have been better or worse. I could tell you of a. I can't remember if this name's public, so I'm not going to say it. But a player on the Astros who used two trash can bangs ever, and he got bangs for fastballs. One was with a 0-2 count, and he got a fastball uh, up and out of the zone, and he struck out, even though he knew the fastball was coming because he was so amped up for the fastball. And the other one was on uh, some other, I can't recall the count, but two-strike count again, and he struck out because he got a fastball out of the zone. He was so juiced up by the fact that he was getting a fastball that he was swinging no matter what, and he still couldn't, make, still couldn't hit it because it wasn't a strike. And so there's a point in case where it didn't help an individual. So maybe this didn't help them overall. Maybe it helped them a little bit. Maybe it helped them a lot. There's no way to measure this. So well, there was no way that guys. this. I'm, I'm proud not. of those guys for going out and trying to, uh, to get a lawsuit, get some money from Major League Baseball for being a bunch of cheaters. Good for they're, them. They're a bunch of, to tie it back to Seinfeld, 32 a bunch of Kramers. <laughs> that's terrific i mean that's just uh here's the judge here's what the judge had to say okay a sports that celebrates stealing even if only a base may not provide the perfect encouragement to scrupulous play nor can it be denied that an overweening desire i don't even know what overweening is desire to win may sometimes lead our heroes to employ forbidden substances on their spitballs their cork bats or even their steroid consuming selves but as frank sinatra said to grace kelly in the 1956 movie high society there are rules about such things that's a that was a horrible statement yeah what is this judge i don't know what he's doing who hired that judge he's no judge ito (laughs) he's no judge ito all right last thing uh hinch and luno they served their suspensions this year. They're back next year. That's, if we don't have baseball, they're back nonetheless. Thoughts on that? 
Absolutely the right move. Baseball didn't have a choice because uh, they were suspended for a year, not number of games, first of all. Uh-huh. Second, we're acknowledging that this season happened even if it doesn't. Ball players are accumulating, accumulating time, so therefore uh, managers and GMs should also accumulate time. Uh, and the last thing on it is these guys are grown. I mean, Lunau's pretty young, but grown-ass. I don't think Lunau's ever going to work in baseball again, but they're grown-ass men. They have, no, he's gonna, I think he's going to end up uh, in the NFL. But um, they're, they have a finite amount of time. You can't just say just because of this pandemic, your suspension's now two years. The judgment was one year. It's not their fault that any of this stuff happened. They would have served it regardless. So, yeah, it's the right call. So I want to get more into this Luno to the NFL thing. He, he wasn't like a baseball guy, right? He didn't come up as a baseball guy. No. I think he was an engineer, wasn't he? Uh, was he? I think he was an engineer and maybe like a CFO or something. Okay. So he, he, he did other things. I don't even know how the hell he got into baseball. So, you know, the Cardinals just said, hey, um, we love Moneyball. We need analysts. Come on and do this. You're good with numbers. Because didn't he start with the Cardinals? If I'm, I'm almost 100% sure he went to the Cardinals, and then there was some pissing match that the Cardinals lost him to the Astros, and the Astros got him. That's fascinating. Yeah, well, you think he'd be like Paul DePodesta and just go to the National Football League. Yeah, Lunau started with the Cardinals as a VP in um, 2003, and uh, I guess he went to that. I'm not entirely sure of his career track record, but he ended up in um, – uh, Houston, just to take a better job, I'm not really certain. They hired him after um, they uh, fired um, Ed Wade, former Phillies GM. Awful. Looks like a rat. He was not good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, Lou now, I, I, he's, like you said, he's not a baseball guy by, by nature. I'm sure he loves the game. But uh, I just think he has a lot to offer in terms of perspective outside of what's being played on the field. And uh, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see him end up in the front office of a, an NFL team. But you don't because, think baseball ever bring him back, huh? Uh, it's not so much that they'll ever bring him back. I just think there's better, going to be better options for him at this point. Uh, because once you're, once you're general manager of a team and you're fired for, for uh, somebody calling into question your morality, really, um, there's there's really nowhere else for you to go i'd right? hire him in a heartbeat i, 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 I so would win. i and, and owners so want to win so if this guy is out there and, and you saw what he did and somehow some way he convinced ownership to completely rebuild because teams don't do that i mean that's the guy i would want running my organization man it's an unpopular thing. Oh, he's a cheater and everything i don't care i want to win if i'm an owner that guy's gonna that guy's gonna be able to help me win he's on my squad yeah, again, I, I just think he ends up in the NFL because they're so far behind in terms of advanced metrics and uh-huh. all the other sports that I think he has a, an ability to see things that aren't there yet, as he did with the Astros. And um, I, I see value uh, value there for an NFL franchise to get ahead of, ahead of the curve. And uh, not only that, like I said, he was fired for his, I guess, his morality at the end of the day, being called into question and where where to go if your morality is being called into question but the nfl because they don't give a shit what about the hinch what about hinch uh he'll he'll definitely end up as a coach and probably find himself as a manager again i think he's got a pretty solid alibi 
right now. And I think all will be forgiven with him, with exception to the few fans who will always shout at him if now, he's coaching third or whatever. Hold on. Can Cora get back into the game in some way, shape, and form? Or is he blackballed for the rest of his life? So that that remains to be seen. I have no idea. And I, um, I talk to Cora every once in a while, and I send him a text after all this stuff came out and that he got fired. And I was like, I sent him, a, I thought I was being nice, sent him a long text saying, hey, I'm sorry you get caught up in all this. I know that it goes on in the game and, you know, you are collateral damage in all this. And I wrote, wrote this, you know, pretty long text and all he said back was, thanks, I appreciate it. And it just read to me like a man who was so defeated. He's just beat down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> Seriously, you lose your job. And he never thought it was going to happen. And it, was, it didn't even... Uh, it's all right. Whatever. Deal with it. You got caught and you have to suck it up. Right. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Uh, I wish that Luno and Hinch would be suspended again for the 2022 season or the 2021 season, because really you've got players and, uh, and I, I, are the front office are GMs taking pay cuts too. I don't know about, it. I've not seen anything on that. I would like to see it be a legitimate punishment if they don't play any games this year that they should have to miss a season. But the wording is exactly what you said. Um, you know, per- personally, I'd like to see them out of the game 2021 just to miss an actual season where they played games. But there's no way. There's no way they could have gone around it. And that's why Major League Baseball said, okay, they're back. Well, if, if it would go against everything that we've MLBPA has put down. You can't say that it counts for the players and it doesn't count for anybody else. That's why, like, a guy who serves a steroid suspension or something would still be held accountable because there's a number of a set number of games that you have to miss, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just they should have they should have done that. Like 162 games or 162 games and the postseason. That's what they should have done. But well, who's drop thinking the ball that way, if that's right? what you're saying? Yeah, yeah who's who, thinking who that way? They're not thinking that way. They're like, all right, it's going to be gone. They didn't know this pandemic was going to come and wipe it out. So, you know what I'm doing right now? What? If I'm a, if I'm, I'm a player and mm. uh, waiting for this stuff to be cleared up. What? I'm juicing out of my mind. They're not getting pee tested right now. How are you they'll getting have, it? They'll have notice before the game comes back. How are you get getting juice? What are you, the, the gyms are closed. How are you getting order. this stuff? I'm Mike Trout, and I'm taking steroids and working out in my own oh gym. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. And then I'm going to come back and hit 70 home runs in 80 games. That 80 would be games pretty cool. Because, because that's what steroids make you do. Automatic home run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being hyperbolic. I don't know if you can tell. Win Stroll and Decca, buddy. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. I don't know anybody else that is uh, doing baseball shows right now that has been on HGH. Besides for yours truly. So just take that. I've taken Sostenol. Why? Uh... Because it made me weigh 190 pounds and bench press 445 pounds. Did your ball shrink? <laughs> no, they're ginormous. Really? They got even bigger? No, nah, same size. Uh, I don't want, I, mine are too big. I want them to shrink, which is why <laughs> I should probably go on. Winstraw and Decca? Yeah, Winstraw and Decca. I, was, I did HGH, but it's because I was always like the shortest kid in my class. My dad's like, stop whining. Here, let's just take you to an endocrinologist. Just shut up. Well, I wish I got taken to an endocrinologist because yeah, I'm did, five you, foot eight. You needed it. You're not five foot eight. There's in no heels. way. I shrunk from five nine and a half, and now I'm five eight. Somehow I lost an inch. You're and not a half. five eight. You huh? You lose an inch and a half anywhere else, there, champ. 
Everything else is growing as you get older. The hair, everything, the belly. You know, I've had 24 pints of ice cream in the last 27 days. That's I counted disgusting. It You're a gross human being. Yeah, and I can't do anything. I'm stuck. I can't walk. Oh, yeah, because you're Pretty brutal. Curious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. I mean, ice cream tastes good, but... Well, I guess it's better than... I mean, think about it. A lot of people I've seen on... People celebrate it nowadays. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, just binge drinking throughout this entire thing. That's one thing, as we both know, I thoroughly enjoy my uh, Miller Lights. But uh, I'm, if I'm not going to the gym, I'm not drinking beer. <laughs> There's no way I'll get so fat. Yeah, you can't do it. I'm, I'm out. I haven't had a beer since we stuck inside. Yeah, I mean, I thought I would be fatter by now, but, you know, it's going to happen. And it's probably going to take me another 14 months to get back into shape, like once I come back. 14 what months. Is, what is shape for you, round? No, no, no. I used to be sexy. It all ended when I was four, by 42. Once the kid turned two, I was done. But, yeah, I mean, I was sexy up until I was 40. That was five You're, years ago, though. You're Things blaming goes, a two-year-old. Huh? You're blaming a two-year-old. Yeah, plus I'm going to be single. Think about that. I mean, any time I've been single, I've been in shape. So I'm yeah, looking forward really, to it. Don't really have a choice there. Who? You. What do you mean? You, you, oh, I have you no choice. Yeah, shape. I'm going to be single. Yeah, There's no, I have no choice right now. Yeah, I, I have to. You know. Nobody wants to sleep with a divorcee with two kids and it's fat. <laughs> right? Seriously, nobody wants to do that. All right, let's get out of here. Let's be the walk off. I'm holding Kushner, Ryan Spader. Follow him on Twitter at the Ace of Spader, S P A E D E R. I'm at Holden Radio. Thanks to Blue Wire. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks to Bet Online, betonline.ag. We'll catch you Thursday. It's Jerry Hairston Jr., right? Yes, sir. We're going to talk some Doyers with him. All right, very good. Adios, and we will catch you on Thursday.